0: Welcome to episode number 19 of the Ministry Story Podcast. Today is Tuesday, June the 7th, 2011, and I am your host, David Tonin. One of the real passions I have for doing this podcast is to help educate and train church leaders, pastors, and other leaders of key ministries in your church. Well, today's conversation is with a gentleman who comes from another organization that has a similar heartbeat to help equip, practically, church leaders. And they've come up with a resource, a little tool, that will help you implement some things right away, quick things that you can actually implement in your church. Are you curious? Well, enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the Ministry Story Podcast. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your ministry story.
1: Yeah, my name's Jared Clark. I head up a project called Church Juice, which um, basically helps churches be better communicators. That can be, you know, anything from website, development strategy, social media, um, branding, all that sort of stuff.
0: And so this ministry and the site, Church Juice, where did you come up with that, uh, with the name and stuff, and what does it mean? I, I quite like the name, so I'm kind of curious as to how that came to be.
1: In the end, it was some smart branding people who came up with it, but um, we had gone through um, an ideation pro- process as we were kind of building this ministry from scratch, and a lot of the words that kept coming up as we were um, talking about it of how we want to help churches, we were using you know, a lot of words like energy or catalyst or those kind of words were coming up, and um, so we kind of landed on juice, and then... You know, if people go online and look at our, our logo, there's kind of these bubbles coming out of the side of it, and they're sort of intentionally vague because we came to this point where um, we sort of had to decide, is the juice a plug? Is it power? Or is it like juice, like, an, an, you know, like orange juice, you know, or <laughs> something like that? So um, we kind of kept it um, ambiguous in some way so that we wouldn't have to deal with that um, in the logo so much. And it's interesting to hear what people see in um, the one we have some people see bubbles or little TV screens or um, computer monitors or that sort of thing, so we kind of like that so that we don 't have to you know go one way uh, or the other, but really, it was just kind of one of those once we heard church juice, we thought that's that 's catchy like i we think people will remember it, so that 's kind of um, we landed on that
0: right and what's the primary purpose or role of of the website itself and for the the ministry side of things for for a pastor or a church leader
1: yeah um our whole goal is to be an educational resource for um, pastors volunteers um, staff anyone who's working on communication stuff within a church so you know we do blogging where we kind of talk about um just Current news, sort of things that are going on in that realm. We have uh, a bunch of free resources that are um, white papers. um, Some about, you know, website one hundred and one, seven things you need to um, think about uh, to have a good site. You know, those kind of things. Um, And then we also work with churches one on one. We do some consulting, and anytime we work with a church on a project, we um, create a case study afterwards that's free. um, for pastors or, or staff or whoever to use. Um, so that way, if they're looking to do something similar, they can kind of see how one church did it and get some advice of how things worked and what didn't work and those sort of things. So in the end, we just want to be a um, place where people can come learn, come share their expertise, and hopefully be a good resource for churches.
0: Um, that's one of the things that really ca- caught my attention as I was as I came across your site, and I probably connected with it, I'm guessing a year or so ago. How long has it actually been there?
1: Um, we've been public for about a year and a half. Okay. So so you were there sort of in the beginning.
0: Yeah, and, and what I liked about it is the fact that you are creating resources and because I think that clearly from what you're doing and from where my heartbeat comes from is, I really believe that a lot of pastors and church leaders need to be educated on the aspects of communication and and marketing and different tools that they could use to do that effectively. So I was really quite taken by the the educational component of it. And I think that's really what um, drew me into wanting to interview you because last year you... uh, published a a white paper called Six Things That You Can Easily Accomplish in the Next Three Months, and I thought, you know, there's a really good practical tool, and it's a free PDF resource that you guys have available to all church leaders, and I'll include the link to it in the show notes of the podcast here, Uh, but I was kind of curious as to what the motivation was uh, around creating this particular resource.
1: Yeah, you know, I think, um, like you talked about, you know, a lot of churches aren't in this um, communications realm Sometime, like they're not used to thinking about it, and then when they sort of decide to dive in and do it, there's so much information that can be overwhelming, and especially for smaller churches, too. It's like, where do you even start, you know, and I look at even some of the advice we give on the website, and some of it's higher level, and some of it's, you know, more basic, but, you know, how do you start to implement things? So we were starting to think, what are some simple things that you could do... Um, you know, in a short amount of time. And even if you were a church that was already thinking about communication strategies, what are maybe some of the little things that you've overlooked? Um, So that's kind of how we came up with this.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a really practical thing because uh, I know, you know, it happens to be that a lot of leaders will end up at conferences and they get motivated and they hear all these different types of things that they could be doing or should be doing. But oftentimes they come back and they're though they're charged up and they're you know maybe even overwhelmed with new ideas they don't t- often get a chance to implement a lot of what they've learned and so what you've proposed here through this white paper is a really good quick snapshot of some practical things that can be applied so without you know giving it all away I do want to tempt some of the listeners to download it and take a look at it a little closer however I thought uh, what we could do is maybe talk about a couple of the ones that I kind of resonated with and that were my favorites and the first one was really the whole aspect of starting with what you guys called a website audit so can you share a little bit about your thoughts around that one
1: yeah i mean you know the website is one of those things that sometimes we get excited when we first launch it you know and then we forget about it or don't look at it again for a while or for some it's been we created a website a few years ago and that was good enough you know and they they just kind of have put it in the back of their their, their thoughts, you know, they haven't looked at it for a while. So, this was the idea that you basically just go use your website again and, and look at it and say, you know, do all of the links work? You know, is the information organized well? Is it up to date? You know, if I put on my visitor's hat and I come to the website, can I easily find the information that I'm looking for? Same thing for a member. You know, is there a path? For me to take on the website, what's the action you want me to take? And so you kind of look at all of these things and think about, yeah, we have some work we need to do, and and we kind of propose in that white paper to to make a list of some easy things that you could do right away, like oh, we need to swap out pictures, or oops, it's March and we still have Christmas on there, you know, like <laughs> we, need to, we need to get some of that information off of there, you know, those kind of things that you can do. Um, you know, quickly and easily, and then maybe there's some things that you need to make a list for. We need to do a little bit of a design tweak, like we want to, um, you know, simplify our front page, or we want to start doing video sermons, or those sort of things, and we just can't do that right away, but we know that it needs to be done, so we're going to put it on the list for when we have the time and the resources to do uh, a little bit more with the website.
0: Yeah, I think that's really good, and um, you said something there uh, that kind of caught me, which was You know, look at the action steps or what I like to call, what is the call to action that is uh, evident on your website? Because ideally on the front page of your website, you have now captured a visitor's attention and you have a very short period of time for them to, to step further in. Um, and not use the word sucked in maybe, but pulled in or drawn in. And so the question that I often ask a lot of leaders is, take a look at your website and tell me what the call to action is. What are you asking people to do?
1: Yeah, and, you know, and it, there's sort of that popular trend with church websites that it's like the obvious, I'm new here, or I'm new. You know, you click on that button and take that path. Um, you know, you can do it more subtly to, you know, of, you know, getting connected or that sort of thing, but but you're absolutely right. You know, visitors, I think, when they come for a website are looking for um, just a quick glimpse into that church. So they want to know where they click to be able to see what is this church service like? You know, can I wear jeans? Is it casual? Is it contemporary? Is it traditional? You know, are my kids going to be safe? Just sort of all the questions that we've asked ourselves at times when we've church shopped, when we've looked around, Um, that we don't think about sometimes once we've been in a church for a while. All those questions that a visitor wants, how are we answering those? And what is that path that we're creating? How are we making it clear of here's where the answers are for you?
0: Yeah, I think that's really good. And another thing that they can do in this audit, uh, which is very interesting, I'd like to get your thoughts on, is sometimes it's very beneficial to actually take somebody that doesn't go to your church maybe even a couple people who are maybe a cross-section of Christians and non-Christians and have them and sit down with them, put them in front of the computer, bring them to your website and you stand behind them and watch how they interact with it. Because how you think somebody who comes to your website for the very first time will react and how they actually do are sometimes two very different things. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's great. We, you know, on our own websites, you know, and on the church's website, those sort of things. We try to do testing, you know, before we launch it or or do some changes. But I think that's like the perfect thing to do because even if you try to pretend like you don't know the website and you're going to it, you do. If you spend any time with it, you know, inherently you're going to have in the back of your head like, oh, I know where I'm supposed to go, you know, like because I designed this website or I've looked at this website. So I think it is good to get um, some fresh eyes on there. you know, to, just like you said, to see if they're going where you hope they're going on the website.
0: Exactly. Now, another one that you had in this white paper is somewhat related, but it kind of jumps out of the electronic space and into the reality space, um, the real world, which is you suggested that you should, that a church leader should look at their church and follow your own signs. What, did, what does that mean exactly?
1: Yeah, you know, this is something I kind of started thinking about where for for various reasons, which I won't bore everyone with, my wife and I have been um, church shopping a few times in the last um, several years. So um, the thing that we noticed a lot is when we were going into a building, we weren't always seeing signs telling us where to go. Like it wasn't clear where the sanctuary was. And at times it wasn't even clear, were we going in the right door, um, you know, to the church, are we going in the side door or that sort of thing. So we would end up kind of having that uh, visitor feel where like I'm lost. I look awkward because people clearly know I'm new here and, you know, we're just trying to blend in for the first time and that sort of thing. So um, I, you know, so so we suggest that you start outside of your church and look for signs. And again, you can even have someone who doesn't normally go for your church and, and go to your church and say, "Hey, I want you to go to the sanctuary just following signs, or I want you to go to the children's area just following signs." So, you know, you kind of do this and you start following. It. You're like, "I want to go to the sanctuary." Okay, I got there now that it's over i want to go to the welcome center can i easily find that you know i need to use the restroom can i find that you know i have to go pick up my kids to get, do i know where the children's ministry is and just kind of follow those signs and look for um are they easy to see if you do have them have you you know covered them up by coat rack or something so they're not really doing their job you know are they you know are they easily readable are there places where you need to have signs have you completely forgot to do signage from the side door? Like if someone comes in the back entrance, are there um, directions of where to go from back there as well? I know a church I used to go to where my wife worked as the director of communications, at all the front doors they would have you know, a map of the church on like a, a stand there. And she would get so upset because people would move those stands all the time or they would put a different announcement over it, you know, for something that was going on that weekend in the church. And it would right. drive her because, you know, that was a key thing for a visitor coming to the church, making sure they knew uh, where to go.
0: Uh, One of the things that you said there captured my attention as well, which was um, I think it's worthwhile for – for church leaders to do what you were just referring to, which is to actually go church shopping. And it doesn't mean that they're going to leave their church, but I think there's there's a beneficial practice in having a pastor and church leaders that are in in control of what is happening in the environment of the morning service and the morning programs to go and look at other churches, not in their region just so that they can uh, compare how are we doing versus them, but sometimes you can get some really good ideas of what other churches are doing that maybe if you did some of those things that you could resolve some of the issues that you uncover when you're doing this type of an audit. And so um, one of the practices that we have at our church is that you know a couple times a year we actually send the pastor out to be away from our church so that he has a break but also to go out and just kind of um, you know, see what else is – what are other creative things that churches are doing that might be beneficial in our own community?
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's a great idea because you'll – you know, some churches I've been to, you'll see ideas for signage or welcome areas or whatever that you would have never thought of. And they're great ideas, you know, and they're easy to um, implement or to tweak in your own church. So, I, I, you know, I think that's a great idea to get out of our own little bubbles once in a while and see what um, what other folks are up to.
0: Yeah, and there's very few, having been in marketing for all my career, there's very few unique ideas. Um, most uh, really good ideas are ones that are borrowed ideas that you then take and uh, maybe tweak or customize to your own needs or, or leverage in a unique way that makes it look like you're not copying or stealing the idea, but um, you know, basically claiming it and customizing it to your own. So that's a good way to learn from other people's creativity as well.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, the last one that I wanted to focus in on, uh, because I know as I was reading it, I was thinking, oh man, we do this in our church all the time and we make this mistake. And I think it's an excellent idea that you had, which is, you said, limit service announcements to three items. Why don't, why don't you talk about that for a few seconds?
1: Yeah, you know, the basic idea here is to get um, church leaders to think about communications hierarchy within their church. So, you know, you kind of have... The big one, which is the pulpit announcements, like that gets a lot of priority. But you also have other means that you can communicate things. You know, you can have maybe the screens before service, like if you run announcements there, or you have a bulletin, or you have the weekly email, or you have customized email just to men in your church, or whatever those avenues are, that you look at that and say, you know what, if this is an event that's really important with the mission and vision of our church, or something that we're really focusing in on it's a small groups push or something like that you say you know what that's one of our top things we're going to have it from um, the pulpit we're going to put it in the email you know it gets a lot of attention where you may have something smaller coming up that isn't as big of a deal maybe uh, a picnic uh, for a men's group or something like that and you say you know what since it, it, it doesn't really apply to everyone in the church, maybe from the pulpit isn't the place to do it. Like, maybe it is more of a slide announcement or just in an email. So, you know, we've all been in churches where those announcements just go on and on and on, and you lose people's attention, right? The, the fifth thing that gets announced isn't going to get a lot of attention. So limiting it to three, it seems like, you know, it really makes you focus on what the priority is for that season in your church, and also keeps it short enough that it's Keeping people's attention.
0: Yeah, I think that's critical, and I think what it does too is it forces a church, from a communications angle, to look at what they're doing and to try to build into their culture that not all events or all announcements are announced from the front. And if you build that in, and it does take a little while, but if you can push people to your website, then for additional information. And I realize that not every church is going to have, you know, 100% compliance with people, you know, accessing the web. But I think the more that you can push people there and try to change their behavior so that they go there for their key information and for, um, you know, more information than what you could ever announce from the front or put in your bulletin, then that actually leverages the piece of technology or the, that communications vehicle, which is your website, and starts making it more of a hub as opposed to people relying on uh, some of the other peripherals.
1: Yeah, and people will get used to it that way. Like, you know, some people in the beginning will sort of get bent out of shape that their event doesn't get like high billing within the church, you know, but as they get used to this system of of saying, you know, we do this for a reason and we we have these other avenues, um I think they get more accustomed to it. Like you said, like and that also helps your website. It makes it more of a place where your visitors or where your members are coming back to more regularly. So there's kind of that that benefit to it as well.
0: Excellent. Well, you've been very informative, and I think there's some good tips in there that we could all learn just from this conversation. And I would encourage uh, anyone who's listening uh, to certainly go to the podcast notes here and link over to Church Juice to download that PDF. It's a short five-page thing with some other really good tips in it. And then you guys have a few other ones there. Are there any other ones that you want to promote? Um,
1: I like them all. <laughs> No, there's some good stuff for uh, websites. We um, have some case studies on uh, a church that did a a fun fest, you know, so kind of a multi prong approach to advertising that. um, There's quite a few things there to to check out. We try to have a a variety of topics.
0: Yeah, well, good job on creating resources that can help leaders. I really appreciate it. Before we go, uh, would you take a minute and just share some of the coordinates that are your contact points for those who would like to connect with you a little bit more online?
1: Yeah, the main one is the website. That's churchjuice.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash churchjuice. We're on Twitter, too, in the usernames, at churchjuice.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jared, for taking some time out of your busy schedule to join us today for this conversation. And we'll look forward to connecting with you again in the future.
1: Yeah, thanks. It was great.